The LA Kings have one game left before the All-Star break and are still looking to get on track. We'll talk about it all next in this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20-plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for over 30 years. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, the LA Kings played a pair of games since our last show, and they lost both of them. Uh, We had some lineup changes that didn't result in much of a difference, but we're going to talk about those and review some players that we're getting a look at either for the first time or in some different roles for the first time. But I do want to give you a quick recap of the past two games, even though it's not a lot of fun. But we'll start on Friday when the Kings lost to the Avalanche in Denver, 5-1. to one. Kings were down 3-0 in the first period in this one. Uh, the lone goal scored by the Kings uh, early on, or the first goal, I should say, scored by the Kings was from Kevin Fiala, his 12th of the season on the power play. Alex LaFerriere and Drew Doughty with the assists. Cam Talbot allowed three goals on 15 shots, uh, and the Kings would pull him after the first period. David Riddich would come on in relief. He allowed two goals on 21 shots. So again, Kings lose 5-1 to the Avalanche on Friday. Sunday, Kings played much better, but unfortunately the result was pretty much the same. Uh, Kings were in St. Louis to take on the Blues. Game was tied 1-1 after the first period, tied 3-3 after the second and the third period, so we would go overtime. It wouldn't last long, just a minute, four seconds into the sudden death period. Former King Braden Shen would score, and the Kings would lose 4-3 in overtime. They do get a point out of it, Adrian Kempe would score his 17th of the season to get the Kings on the board. Philip Deneau added his 10th, and Jarrett Anderson Dolan, his first of the season shorthanded. That accounted for the Kings' three goals. In this one, David Riddich would get the start. He went the whole way, allowed four goals on 36 shots in the loss. The Kings are now 2-10 and 10 in games that go beyond regulation this season, including a six-game losing streak in games that are decided in overtime. Or a shootout. Overall, the Kings are 22, 15, and 10 for 54 points. They are still the number one wildcard spot in the Western Conference for now. We'll give you the details on the playoff race coming up, which is ever evolving and could even change as we are speaking. Uh, LA has now lost 14 of 16 games. They are two, eight, and six over that span. Nine of those games have been decided by one goal, including their last game against St. Louis. There were some lineup changes in the two games over the weekend. Probably most notably, Quinton Byfield missed both games due to an illness. He was replaced on the top line by rookie Alex LaFerriere. We are going to talk a lot about him coming up. Carl Grundstrom 
Took LeFerriere's place on the third line, along with Arthur Kaliev, who was back in the lineup. Brant Clark played against Colorado on the third pairing defensively. And Alex Turcott just called up, centered the fourth line against St. Louis with Trevor Lewis moving to the wing and Samuel Fognimo out of the lineup. Uh, Jordan Spence was back defensively in place of Brant Clark against St. Louis. All of it added up to pretty much the same stuff we have seen over the last several weeks. As for the pluses and minuses for the two games since our last show, we'll start with Colorado, and there were not a lot of pluses, frankly, in this one. Alex LeFerrier playing on the top line in place of Quentin Byfield, I thought stood out and looked pretty good. We're going to detail his last two games coming up in just a bit. I thought he was a positive. Uh, as far as the game against St. Louis, the Kings penalty kill, was certainly a positive, uh, and you could say it was a positive in both games. It's been the one constant positive thing the Kings have had throughout this whole awful stretch of games, the penalty kill. L.A. killed off five St. Louis power plays to help salvage a point against the Blues and keep them in a position to, if they could have gotten, obviously, the next goal in the shootout or overtime to win the game. Uh, L.A. killed off three of four penalties against Colorado, which has one of the top power plays in the league, including a double minor. Uh, the Kings' one power play goal that they allowed in the Colorado game, it went off of Drew Doughty's body and went in, so some some bad luck there. I did want to give props to Jared Anderson Dolan. Uh, he's been a guy I've criticized, I guess, a bit. I've not really criticized him. I've criticized why he would be in the lineup um, at times. Uh, but he had a shorthanded goal, his first goal of the season against St. Louis. And I thought he was really active in that game. I thought he's just a very responsible player. He does a lot of little things right, and he doesn't do a lot of little things wrong, which you, which you can't say about all the Kings, including some of their top players. He's not highly skilled. He's not very creative, but he gives you an honest effort every game. And I did want to give him some props for the game he played against the Blues. thought he was definitely a plus for the LA Kings in that game. As for the minuses, we'll just focus on uh, some of the bigger ones uh, against Colorado. My God, the missed opportunities uh, in particular, Trevor Moore. He is the Kings leading goal scorer. He had two glorious breakaway chances to score. What would, what could have been big goals in the game. If he hits on both, maybe it's a different game. If he hits on one of them, maybe it's, uh, it's at least it's more competitive. Uh, the second one was in the second period when he made a great play to steal the puck. And then he went in on net and missed the, the net entirely. Didn't even get a shot on goal. And as he skated to the bench, he dropped an F-bomb that was so loud, it literally echoed in the arena. And I know they've got microphones down there on the bench, but you could hear it clearly as he went off for a line change. And Nick Nixon even uh, commented on uh he didn't say what he said, obviously, but he said uh, Kevin Fiala showing some frustration as he went off the ice. Um, another example of how it's going for L.A., uh, Kevin Fiala in the game against St. Louis. Or actually, no, it was the game against Colorado. Um, or I'm trying to have a hard time remembering. Um, he took a, a high-sticking penalty, and it drew blood. So the Kings had to kill off a double minor. They're down 3-1 at this point against Colorado. And the Kings PK does an amazing job killing off four minutes of shorthanded time against one of the best power plays in the NHL with guys like 
Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon and Nico Rantanen. So they kill it off. Awesome. As the penalty expires, Kevin Fiala comes out of the box and Andreas England makes a beautiful pass down the ice to Fiala for a breakaway. And he skates in and he gets absolutely stoned by Avs netminder Alexander Gorgiev. Made a great save. Can't criticize Fiala on that one. The goalie makes an awesome save. And then right after that, Colorado scored to make it 3-1. And you just think, what could have been if the Kings could have scored on some of these big opportunities? But they didn't. Um, and it, it just part of the reason the Kings, uh, you could say they're snake bit. You could say they're just not taking advantage of opportunities, which certainly is true. Um, but yeah, that, that against Colorado were some pretty big minuses. Also, Cam Talbot continues to struggle. We're going to talk more about him on tomorrow's show. As for St. Louis, way too many penalties. The Kings were shorthanded six times. And even with the number one ranked penalty kill in the NHL, that's still way too much. Uh, it takes you out of your flow offensively. Uh, it makes you work extremely hard, and that's energy that you've got to burn uh, that you can't use in other areas later in the game. And I would say just about every one of those penalties was avoidable. Slashing, high-sticking, hooking, holding, tripping. None of them were done to prevent quality scoring chances, and there were penalties in the offensive zone, which you can't have. The Kings were their own worst enemy in a very winnable game against St. Louis and a very important game in the standings. Uh, just another example of how it's going for the Kings right now. Adrian Kempe, with all due respect to Trevor Moore, who's the Kings' current leading goal scorer. Kempe is the Kings' most skilled goal scorer. He missed a wide open net in the first period in this one. I still don't know how he missed it. He Again, he makes a great play to get the puck, passes it over to Kopitar. Kopitar gives it right back to him. He's got the goalie is slid from his right to his left. It's a wide open net. It might as well be an empty net. And he misses the net. I don't know how, and I'm sure he doesn't either, but that's just, again, how it's going for the LA Kings. And Kevin Fiala is an enigma right now. Took a late bad penalty in the game against St. Louis. Thankfully, the Kings killed it off, but that could have lost the Kings a point because it was late in the third. Uh, and gave their opponent a chance to get the game-winning goal. Um, and he also had a bad line change in this game that led to a Blues goal, their third goal of the game. And as a result, Todd McClellan benched Kevin Fiala for the final minutes of the third period, and he didn't play in the overtime, although it didn't last very long. And it just sucks that you've got high-skilled players like Trevor Moore and Adrian Kempe missing quality scoring chances. You've got a highly skilled player like Kevin Fiala, who I think plays hard and does a lot of good things, but he cancels out a lot of the good he does with some of the dumb, bad things that he does. And add it all together, and it just is all part of the mix that is the LA Kings right now. We are going to focus and give you some details on some of the changes to the Kings lineup and how the players that were either moved around or inserted into the lineup looked, including a former first-round pick. We'll do that next here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Drive, passion, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, 
uh, LED style lights, and more. Headlights, uh, whether you need speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, the part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the price you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. eBay's guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, I did want to take a little bit of an in-depth look at some of the players who were put in different situations uh, for the LA Kings or made uh, their return to the lineup or made their debut for the LA Kings this year. I wanted to start off the top with rookie forward uh, Alex Turcott. Um, first round pick, fifth overall selection, uh, just his 13th career NHL game getting the call up from Ontario. And it wasn't long ago that he uh, he had gotten injured and we were concerned. So good to see him back healthy and getting a chance to show what he can do for the LA Kings. And it's hard to get a read on a player who's playing on the fourth line and only gets seven minutes and 48 seconds of ice time, which is what Alex Turcott did against the St. Louis Blues. But we'll, you know, we'll give you our opinion on what we saw. Uh, he was playing with Trevor Lewis and Arthur Kaliev on the wings. Uh, he finished in that game against St. Louis with one shot on goal. It was a shot from uh, you know, on a loose puck in front of the net where he is most of the time. Uh, Alex Turcott, very noticeable as far as a nose for the net and as far as his willingness to go to the net, which is great, and something the Kings are kind of missing a little bit. Um, he had a couple of nice passes to set up some scoring chances, one to Trevor Lewis, one to Jordan Spence. Uh, he got to take a shift late in the game for Kevin Fiala when he got benched. He played on the wing with Philip Deneau and Trevor Moore. Uh, Turcott took five faceoffs. He won two of them. He was 0 for 3 in faceoffs in the Kings defensive zone. So that's not great. He didn't take any face-offs in the opponent's offensive zone. Trevor Moore did uh, on that. So that's interesting. Um, all in all, I thought uh, in limited action that Alex Turcott played well. Um, I liked what I saw. Um, I don't know how much more of an opportunity he's going to get going forward. When Blake Lazat gets healthy, he's going to come back and center that fourth line. As I mentioned, he did get a little bit of time on the wing. Maybe we see Alex Turcott on the wing, or maybe this is just, uh, you know, him getting a little bit of a reward, a little bit of a call up to see if he could do something, provide a little bit of a spark. But I said it, it's hard to to do, and you can ask Samuel Fogimo this, in limited minutes to kind of show what you can do. But still, good to see Alex Turcott come up. Thought he played well. Um, you know, wasn't outstanding, but was solid and um, could see him in the lineup against Nashville coming up on Wednesday. Uh, one note as far as Alex Turcott, he is still on his entry-level contract, so he can go up and down from uh, the AHL with having to go through the waiver process. Uh, another Alex, Alex LaFerriere, uh, mentioned he moved up to the top line because of the illness to Quentin Byfield, played both games with Kopitar and Kempe against Colorado and St. Louis on the top line. Uh, against the Avalanche, he was a plus one. He had an assist. It was the primary assist on Kevin Fiala's power play goal. It was a pretty much a routine pass from down low kind of to the point, but it was a perfect pass right in Fiala's wheelhouse. He one-timed it for a goal. Um, in that game against the Avalanche, Laverriere played 14 minutes and 59 seconds. He had he did have a penalty, but it was complete bullcrap. He got cross-checked in front of the net, which was called. But as he got up, he got tangled up with the Avalanche player, and they called him for tripping which was absurd. 
Um, he did have one shot on goal in the game against Colorado. Against St. Louis, he was an even player. He did have another assist. Uh, had a secondary assist on uh, the goal for, uh, I believe it was Adrian Kempe. Um, and then he was also on the ice for the Blues' third goal. So he got a minus for that, but that was the one where Fiala made the late line change, and so he was trying to scramble to get back in the play, couldn't do it in time. So that's getting a minus for something that was out of your control. Um, against the Blues, Laferriere played 12 minutes and 43 seconds. He did have uh, a penalty in this one, as many Kings did in that one, unfortunately. An unavoidable hooking from behind uh, penalty on him. He did have two shots on goal. But all in all, I thought Alex Laferriere did a very good job filling in for Quentin Byfield on the top line. Um, he's a big body. Uh, he's got decent skill. I thought he was smart throughout, dumped the puck in when he had chances to do, get the puck in deep, as they love to say. Um, he was definitely a net front presence uh, on the number one power play unit, also for Quentin Byfield. Uh, he obviously contributed offensively with a pair of assists. Uh, he had one miscue where the Kings were on a power play and he didn't pick up a man on a turnover and it almost led to a backdoor shorthanded goal, but they didn't convert. But that was the only mistake I saw for Alex LaFerrier. Otherwise, I thought he had two very solid all-around games. Um, nice job for the rookie to get a little time on a top line, and I was impressed. I thought he did a really, really good job. I did want to talk about Brant Clark. Um, he played in one of the two games. He played against Colorado. He was on the third pairing with Andreas England. He was a minus one in that game. He played 18 minutes and 38 seconds. Uh, he was on the ice for the Avs' fourth goal, but he didn't factor into it at all. It as, as, wasn't as if he did anything uh, wrong when he was out there. Um, he did run the second power play unit, but he didn't have any shots on goal. He did draw a slashing penalty. He did have some turnovers where he had the puck in his own end and he was passing it out into the neutral zone, but they didn't turn into anything. It wasn't like he coughed it up in his own zone that led directly to some sort of a scoring chance or a cycle or anything like that. Uh, he got a decent amount of four-on-four -four time uh, with both Drew Doughty and Vladislav Gabrikov. Um, he, he, Brent Clark is certainly not afraid to jump up into play, and, and for the most part, I thought he made some good decisions, um, but he just hasn't had much of a chance to show off his skill and his creativity. I'd really like to see him get in, and I know the All-Star break is coming up, but I'd like to see him get into a series of games to try and get into a flow so we can see what he can do rather than this platoon situation that we see in and out, game in, game out with Jordan Spence. Spence has had his you know group of games to kind of show what he can do, and he's been okay, but I think to give Brant Clark a fair shot to show us what he can do, I think we need to give him a stretch of five or six games in a row. Let him be out there with Andreas England. I know there's been some talk about Spence and England, or excuse me, Spence and Clark both playing in the games together. Um, you know, I think Andreas England's done a good job. It wouldn't be taking him out of the lineup because he's been bad. Um, it's just to get more creativity, I suppose. So you'd probably keep Dowdy and Anderson together, and you would have either Gabrikov with Clark or Roy with Clark and vice versa there. So with something we may see going forward, but right right now I would prefer instead of having them both on the ice, I would prefer to have Clark getting maybe second pairing minutes for a group of five or six games just to see what he can do. But so far we have not been able to see that spark offensively for him because I just think he's not served well being in and out of the lineup and getting, you know, third pairing minutes is probably a little bit hard on him too. I did want to mention Samuel Fogimo. Played in the game against Colorado. We're still keeping an eye on him. 
Uh, he was not in the lineup against St. Louis. He was on the bench in favor of Alex Turcotte or with Alex Turcotte in the lineup. Trevor Lewis moved to the wing and, and Samuel Fogimo came out. Uh, he was a minus one in the game against the Avalanche, played 11 minutes and 25 seconds, um, had a few decent moments, but again, kind of like Brant Clark, never really got the puck on his stick to kind of show what he can do creatively. Uh, creatively. Uh, that you know that we saw him in the AHL with the 20 goals in 24 games. He's just not getting chances to show what he can do with his shot. He got a little bit of time on the second power play unit in the game against Colorado. I'd like to see him get a little bit more, but again, the opportunities just weren't ever, ever there for Samuel Fogmo to kind of see what he could do. Again, he's in and out of the lineup. I'd like to see him get maybe a group of games together to kind of see what he can do a little bit more. Uh, and finally, I did want to talk about Arthur Kalia because he was, of course, in the doghouse and benched by Todd McClellan. McClellan mentioned going on this road trip that Kalia was going to be back in the lineup, and he was. He played in both games against both the Avalanche and the Blues. Uh, against Colorado, he had eight minutes and 54 seconds of ice time. He was the right wing on the fourth line. He was a minus two uh, in that game against Colorado. Um, he must have stepped on the ice for the third goal because I didn't see him factor into the play at all. He was on the ice for another goal. Uh, he and Carl Grundstrom kind of ran into each other in the neutral zone and they both couldn't get back in time to help out on an odd man rush. So that was unfortunate. He did take a tripping penalty in the offensive zone, which wasn't great. He had one shot on goal against Colorado, a decent backhand attempt from in close, but the save was made uh, against St. Louis. He played eight minutes and 37 seconds. He was, again, the right winger on the fourth line. He had one hit, uh, was credited with two shots on goal. Um, it didn't look like, frankly, Arthur Kelly have had some sort of fire lit under him after being benched and to get back in the lineup. I thought he played his usual okay game. Certainly when he had some shots to take, he took them, but wasn't able to score, and he was just okay. Not bad, not great, uh, just okay. So where are the Kings now in the standings? And we have a couple of notes about a couple of former Kings that you might be interested in. That's next here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Happy Super Bowl to all of you that celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you are like me, the Super Bowl is basically uh, a sports holiday and it's about getting that good, comfortable spot on the couch, grabbing your favorite snacks and enjoying the big game, regardless of who's in it. And also, if you're inclined, you could have some fun bets as well. Thanks to our friends at FanDuel. Uh, you can uh, enjoy the game more by placing those bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Uh, not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score touchdowns, how many points are going to be scored in a certain quarter or a certain half, all that kind of stuff. So much to choose from. And new customers, if you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets, $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. The LA Kings played their final game before the All-Star break in Nashville against the Predators, and a playoff spot could very well be on the line. 4.30 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday. Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast if you're LA Kings with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search LA Kings. All right, let's check the standings in the Pacific Division and in the Western Conference playoff race. 
from the results over the weekend. Uh, on Saturday, the Oilers won their 15th game in a row, beating the Predators 4-1. to So they did help LA out a little bit by beating Nashville. The Coyotes lost to the Hurricanes 3-1. Flames shut out the Blackhawks 1-0. And then on Sunday, the Kraken down the Blue Jackets 4-2. So where, where does that all leave us at this point? Well, Edmonton, 59 points. They're now five points up on the Kings for that third spot in the Pacific Division. For LA, they did pick up the one point against St. Louis, so they have 54 points on the season. The Blues, with their two points against the Kings, also have 54 points, but the Kings have the tiebreaker and still have the number one wildcard spot as it stands right now because they have one game in hand on St. Louis. For Nashville, 53 points, one point behind LA for a wildcard spot, and the Predators are in action right now. We're going to update their score here in just a second. For Seattle, they've got 52 points, three points back of L.A., and both Arizona and Calgary, 49 points. They're both five points back of L.A. But right now, the focus is on the Nashville Predators. Uh, They had a 3-0 lead after the first period in Ottawa, um, but that game now is tied at 3-3 as they get ready to start the third period there. So go Senators. Um, But if the playoffs started today for the Kings, uh, the number one wildcard team would be the Kings. They would face the Colorado Avalanche, who they just lost to the other night in the first round because the Avalanche took a one-point lead on Winnipeg for first place in the Central Division. Um, the uh, Kings um, could still be out of a playoff spot as we go to the All-Star break because of what's going on with Nashville. St. Louis is also playing a game tomorrow. So if the Blues win tomorrow and the Predators win tonight, the Kings have to beat Nashville to stay in a wild card spot. And as a matter of fact, if Nashville does win that game against Ottawa tonight, the Kings would be in the number two wild card spot. So we will update all this coming up on tomorrow's show. But again, that game against Nashville could very well be for a playoff spot at the all-star break for the LA Kings. We have a moment we're going to play name that King, something we usually do in the off season, but I thought it was appropriate because of some news So we'll do this real quick. Uh, This right winger played his first three years of his 15-year NHL career in L.A. He was a second-round pick of the Kings in 2007. Uh, He played 204 games with the Kings. That was the second most of any team he played in his career. He had 39 goals, 54 assists for 93 points, and 264 penalty minutes. This former King was then traded to the Philadelphia Flyers along with Braden Shen, who we mentioned earlier in a deal that saw Mike Richards come to L.A. In 2017, this player was named the MVP of the NHL All-Star Game. Uh, In addition to playing for the Flyers, he also played for the Maple Leafs, Predators, Sabres, and Devils. He's a native of Scarborough, Ontario, and wore number 17 with the L.A. Kings, a fan favorite for his hustle, rough play, and willingness to drop the gloves. Name that king, that would be Wayne Simmons. And Wayne told the Canadian press, quote, I haven't officially retired, but I'm done. I had a great career, end quote. Yes, you did, Wayne Simmons. He was a fan favorite of mine when he played for the LA Kings, although it was uh, it was brief. He obviously played a key role in the Kings winning a Stanley Cup because they traded him for Mike Richards, who helped the Kings win two cups. But Wayne Simmons, a fan favorite, great former LA King, and we wish him uh, all the best in his post-playing career, but a great career for Wayne Simmons. Uh, for you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch Locked on LA Kings every day coming up on Tuesday's show, we'll have a breakdown of the Kings' playoff positioning. Also going to talk about the struggles of Kings goalie Cam Talbot. 
Also, uh, coming up on Wednesday, we're going to preview that big game in Nashville, tell you exactly where the Kings stand going into the All-Star break, what happens if they win, what happens if they lose that game, what happens if they lose in overtime or a shootout. Uh, Thursday, obviously, we'll recap that game. And then on Friday, we'll have our weekly LA Kings fan feedback show as the Kings will be at the All-Star break. If you want to email us for that show, the email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. And if you are watching on YouTube, we'd love for you to leave your comments in the comment section below. Also, we'd love for you to stay connected with the show 24-7 on social media, X, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Locked On LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you, as always, for listening and watching this episode of Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great rest of your day. We will talk to you on Tuesday. And as always, go Kings go.